For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from the Radiotherapy Clinics of Georgia on Lawrenceville Highway, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I'm your host, Eric Von Hessler. Of course, the doctrinaires are here with me. Tim Andrews is here. Hello. Uh, it's English Nick over there. Good day. Autumn Fisher is with us. Hello. I knew she was there, and Jared Yamamoto, the handsomest producer in all of producery. We are, of course, as I just said, out here to, at the Radiotherapy Clinics of Georgia on Lawrenceville Highway, and we're here for a purpose, and the reason is to get you screened for prostate cancer. Uh, I have facts here that I will deliver to you throughout the day. One in six men will be affected by prostate cancer in their lifetime, and this, although we don't think about it this way, is as prevalent as breast cancer in women. So you can come out to the Radiotherapy Clinics of Georgia on Lawrenceville Highway today. We're here until 5. Dave Baker will be on after me at 3. And uh, get your blood checked. Get your PSA checked. Find out where you stand, because uh, this is one of those uh, deals where if you catch it early, you have a real good good chance of beating it, but if you don't catch it early, it becomes much more difficult. So WSB is out here partnering with Radiotherapy Clinics to uh, give you that uh, that edge. You, if you're driving around, it's a beautiful Sunday. We're on Lawrenceville Highway. Just uh, come on in. It'll take a few minutes. We have a lot of great healthcare professionals here who will uh, check you out and give you the peace of mind that uh, that you need on a beautiful day like this. Uh, as, every, as we do every Sunday, we begin in our show with this headlines of the week all right jared yamamoto they tell me you're the handsomest man in all of producery so <laughs> let me know what's going on all right eric facebook is pulling its 9-11 anniversary topic from its trending news section after promoting a conspiracy theory article so the way the trending works on facebook i think it's mostly algorithm there may be one or two humans involved and the problem with this country right now is we have too many people who don't understand how to think so we have a lot of people on a day like this it you know for the most part we laugh these people off quite often but on a day like this uh it's this 9-11 truther people right the, yes. the the idiots who run around saying that it was an inside job and something about metal not uh, burning at whatever nonsense before i get to that uh first of all i think i don't know that you can blame facebook for this this is the problem with algorithms algorithms don't have emotion uh they don't know that this is more special than this and i don't know if you can actually build that in it might have been something that they wanted to think about ahead of time and they've certainly had you know uh, 10 other years or so since facebook's been around to deal with this but uh, i don't really think it's something that you can blame on facebook it's a lesson learned on facebook uh first of all speaking of lessons learned being on 9 11 uh it's the same thing every year for me you know this is one of those days where I wake up and I cry. I turn on the TV. The first thing I see, there's some sort of uh, remembrance. And uh, I do a lot of crying on 9-11. And uh, I'm, it's, it, it affects me the same as it affects most people, I think. Uh, the, the one thing about the truthers is maybe they're a little bit younger. Uh, and maybe they weren't affected by that day so much the way that, that we were. I know for myself, when I think about 9-11, it... it, it I never really understood the meaning of Pearl Harbor Day until I lived through 9-11-2001 because I was born after that happened and it was, I guess it didn't seem like a holiday to me, but it was, it was not something I ever connected to other than, you know, the adventure of World War II and being interested in that. It wasn't something that impacted me emotionally because I wasn't alive, I wasn't there. September 11th, 2001 still affects, it's still the most impactful moment of my life 
uh, and, and I didn't know that I could have the emotions and the feelings that I had really about my country, about my fellow citizens that just washed over me uh, on that day. I've never had another day in my lifetime that was like that. And so when you say uh, never forget, uh, that's, that may be, I don't know, if you're, if you're 14 years old right now, that may affect you the way that Pearl Harbor Day affected me when I was 14 years old. I, I, I don't know. But I don't need a bumper sticker to say never forget. I, it's so ingrained deep into my marrow this day, what happened and my response to it. And I believe that my love of country grew by leaps and bounds on that day and the weeks after those days. I don't want to cover the same ground that everyone else is going to cover. But the couple of weeks after 9-11, this country came together in a way that I have not seen before, and it was something that was shattered within probably two months of the event when it happened. That's understandable. When something happens in that magnitude, we take a moment and realize, my goodness, we are all brothers and sisters in this. But then... Eventually, whoever is in power, the administration in power, is going to take action, and, one, and that becomes political. And once, uh, once action is taken and it becomes political, then we begin to break off back into our own little sort of political tribes and have responses to it. Uh, I don't know that I could ask for everyone to get back together again on the same page the way we were uh, for those for that month or so after 9-11. But I do keep it in my heart, and I do, as, as angry as we get with each other in, in politics, I do remember that moment, and it's down there deep inside of all of us. And the one thing that we can do, I think, is to use this day as a day where we choose to get along with one another whether or not we agree on politics, no matter how polarized we are. I don't know if they're doing it this time, and with these two candidates, I don't know if they would do it together. But given the fact that you're always going to have a presidential election year every four years, I believe what uh, McCain and Obama did in 08, and I can't remember if Romney and Obama did it in 2012, I believe that the two leading presidential candidates should drop all rhetoric on 9-11, should appear together at the site, and should stand for that moment. We all disagree on a lot of things, and I disagree with almost everybody. You guys know me. <laughs> but I like the idea of this day being one day where we all come off of our high horse, we all drop it, and we all recognize that we are brothers brothers and sisters in this great experiment called America. Jared Yamamoto, yes. Yeah, both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton have, are attending the uh, National September 11th Memorial in New York City. And they together are both, or they're, they're apart? Both, they're both there together, and okay. they're not, they not giving speeches, so they're kind That's, of following the line of I, uh, previous candidates. I know the way we are now. We're a 50-50 country. You know, people just cannot stand the other side on, on either side. It's important to us. I mean, 9-11 was such a tragedy, such a horrible thing. If we can create one day where we all just drop it. It's only 24 hours and we can go back at each other with hammer and tongs starting at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning or midnight, the way that the internet works. But I think that there is something to the idea of just from one day, dropping all the differences, embracing everybody, embracing ourselves and our differences and I think that that is uh, cathartic in a way and I think it helps build so that we can go back to battle, understanding that we are brothers and sisters battling one another for what we think is the best future for the country that we all love. And that's, the, that's, that's what I try to take out of 9-11. Uh, as far as Facebook goes, they should have seen it coming, but I'm not going to make a huge deal out of it, just trying to be within my own spirit here. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I know who they want to be the next president. Uh, and so I will, I will try that. Now, all that being said, we do have a show to do, and we are going to try to be interesting and fun, but maybe uh, not be so attacking of the other side on a day like this. So do we have time for another headline? We do. we do. We actually have a breaking headline here. So NBC New York has announced that Hillary Clinton became overheated during the outside event with, with Trump where she, where she was speaking at the 9-11 memorial service in New York and was forced to leave early after nearly fainting. So she, you know, she has looked uh, very... Uh, I, I saw her give a speech... A couple of days ago, and it was real. It was after she met with all of the her the the generals, and and sh she was very very low key. And I was wondering, like, is she doing that because her you know the people around her said don't be shrill and and all of this? But it seemed even more low key than necessary. Well, and there was and, another speech where she she was. It seemed like she was losing her voice and was having some sort yeah. of issue with speaking. 
mean, well, no, thing. she does the coughing thing. Uh, but the truth is, no, I've, I've been, I've been, like, yeah. yeah, I've been a political junkie all my life. The truth is, all these candidates lose their voices toward the mm-hmm. ends of these things because you're out for a year and a half speaking to people, trying to get the troops going. Uh, so it's uh, the coughing thing doesn't resonate with me so much uh, with all the YouTube conspiracies and everything because I don't know how coughing is an indicator of your mental state or the fact that you had a concussion. I don't put those two together. But it is it has been obvious to me, you know, Trump is right when he says that she goes out for a day and then she's gone for three days. She spent most of August fundraising with small little things rather than being out. And uh, it does, I have to be honest, when I've seen her the last few times, she looks fatigued. And uh, I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, but it's not going to help her. I mean, right now, uh, you know, everybody had this thing won for her uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And things are, you know, getting pretty, uh, pretty close again. Now, that's, those are national polls. You have to understand that the election is won in electoral college. And the national polls uh, can be misleading. It's, it's not only how you're doing in, first of all, if you're a Republican, you have to win the state of Ohio. This is just the way that it is. Republicans do not get to the White House without winning the state of Ohio. If you can win Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Florida, you're almost a guarantee to get in. So this is more about... Well, who has the better ground game? Uh, The people who support Trump. Do you feel confident that he has put together a ground game that gets everybody out? Because on election day, it's it's different than polling. When it comes to polling, you you just ask a question. Who are you going to vote for? You say this person or that person. On election day, it's about getting all those people who said they're going to vote for you out to the polls. And Hillary is inheriting the Obama machine that's done that twice. And Trump is kind of coming at it. He's got the Republican National committee who's lost the last two cycles, uh, along with the fact that he's a bit of a rookie. So it's looking better for the Trump campaign. This can't be good for Hillary. Look, being president of the United States is tough, and you have to have a lot of energy. And I would expect that given this thing that just went on, if she almost fainted, Trump is going to do to her what he did to Jeb Bush. He's going to be low energy Hillary. Low energy. All right, we are out at the radiotherapy clinics of Georgia on Lawrenceville Highway. You need to come out here. Get yourself tested, and don't get prostate cancer when you don't have to. Just take some time. It's a beautiful day. Come on out. Get yourself tested. We'll have more headlines when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. We are live from Radiotherapy Clinics of Georgia on Lawrenceville High Right. Now back to politics. During the break, English Nick actually showed me on his phone the video of Hillary Clinton basically fainting. I mean, she, if she had not been held up, it is, it's, it's more than what I thought when we were just talking about it. Yeah. I mean, that looks scary. That is possibly a game changer. I don't know how, how that's, that video is going to make people, first of all, it's not going to make people dislike her if they already dislike her more or other people who like her dislike her. You watch that video and you, you worry about the health of this person. It, this it, isn't YouTube conspiracies. This is, if it wasn't for her helpers, she would have been flat on her face. Yes, man. absolutely. Yeah. Now, I'm a, guy, I'm a guy who can't take heat. So I understand this, and like I have to like really regulate myself when when on really really hot days, and I know that about myself. But uh, boy, people expect energy out of their president. That could be a game changer, given you know the fact that Trump is starting to close up in the polls already, right? I'm doing a lot better. I'm looking for an apology from you, Von Hessler. Let me tell you this: <laughs> the big radio guy is wrong. Okay, let me believe me. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you about Hillary. Yes. Okay, believe me here. Trust me. She can't handle it, okay? And I need an apology. Why don't you been barbecuing with Eric Erickson? Have you? <laughs> <laughs> look, look. I just call it as I see it. I, it was starting. She was nine points ahead. Then she gave up the nine points. I, you, know. you counted me out. You and everybody else. I am back. Trust me. We're going to finish this campaign. We're going to win. The wall will be there. Trust me. Believe me. It's going to be there. 
And I'd like to add, I did not faint. Okay, it's a, it's a good point. It's a, it's a well-taken point. And obviously, maybe I wrote you off a little too soon, huh? A little too soon. You wrote me off a year and a half ago, okay? <laughs> Look, I'm here to stay, folks. I'm not going anywhere. What the hell do you have to lose? That's a good question. It's a really a good question when we look around the country uh, today. Do we have time for one more story? We don't, but the current temperature in New York City is 82 degrees, so it's not even that hot. For it's not that hot, yeah. I yeah, but tell the you, humidity, man. it might feel like 90-something. 39% humidity. you got to understand, Autumn does a Hillary Clinton impression. She doesn't want this to go away in a couple of months. This is her life. <laughs> Come on, Hillary, get better. Speaking of Autumn <laughs> Fisher, she has WTF. We'll do that when we return. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Welcome back. We are live from the Radiotherapy Clinics of Georgia on Lawrenceville Highway. If it's Sunday, it's time. It's <laughs> to pick up your Sunday AJC. I'm laughing at Jared Yamamoto, who is uh, showing me a computer screen right now. Uh, this Sunday, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, get a deeper look at the emotional community debate when a place of worship looks to expand. Uh, so that's why we say, if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And before we get to WTF, there's one more headline having to do with the presidential contest. Donald, you'll like this. You'll... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wrapped. So, uh, Jared Yamamoto. You're wrapped. I'm listening. <laughs> R-A-P-T. That's good. Yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a great word. Hey, you keep saying that wall is going to be beautiful. Are you, are you, you going to decorate it with something? Oh, we're going to have lace. We're going to have filigree. <laughs> You're going to love the wall. Mother of pearl. You're going to oh. love it. It's going to be great. Trust me. It's going to be beautiful. Like one beautiful. Of the uh, so, yeah, so what happened with uh, the libertarian candidate that I've been talking about and supporting for so long? Yeah, your boy. So shoot me down. Your boy, Gary Johnson, had an oops moment. On MSNBC earlier this week. Boy, he sure did. And I what think- would you do if you were elected about Aleppo? About Aleppo. And what is Aleppo? You're kidding. No. Aleppo is in Syria. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay, got it. Eric Von Hessler has no one to vote for now. <laughs> no one. You got Jill Stein. I, uh, well, I'm not. She's a commie, and I'm not voting for commies. Evan McMullen. What's that? Evan oh, Evan McMullen. I don't know. Is he really running? Is he pretending to run? Is he, he not? Shock, the- don't give up, Eric. Don't is give it, up. I, I can't listen. The reason I've said that I was going to sort of park my vote with the libertarians is I'm not getting what I want from the other two. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to be one of these people who then comes in and lowers the standards. Uh, people on Facebook were saying, well, I don't know where Aleppo is. You know what? That's fine with me because you're not asking me for your vote for president. But if you're running for president, I should think that you've had five conversations in the last seven days about Syria, that conflict. It's not going to go away. In, on, on November 8th, they don't, they're not just going to roll up the Syria conflict and put it in the closet. It's going to be something the next president has to deal with. It's going to be pressing. And I just can't... I don't, and Plus, he gets high all the time, and that really looks like a stoner moment. <laughs> well, look, I thought it was one of the Marx Brothers. That's Gary Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. Aleppo, the lost Marx brother. He was the one that walked around with a bunch of horns, right? <laughs> no, that was Harpo. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's an acronym, right? An acronym. Oh, yeah. Then he said later on, I got to give it to him. We all, we all have a brain fart every once in a while. Here's the thing. That's fine. I still think he's a good guy, but not ready for prime time. For when one you mistake? Run for- it's, it's not just one. I'll tell you, up to this point, he's run a very lackadaisical sort of uh, campaign. He's you know, this, chill, should be, he's chill. this should be the libertarian's year. This is the year that the Libertarian Party should be able to get 20, 25% of the vote at the very least. And this is why. We've never had an election like this. I don't care who you like or who you love. I'm not blowing anybody off. The fact of the matter is that right now we have running for president the most disliked person in history against the second most disliked candidate in history. That should open things up for the Libertarian Party. Gary Johnson ran a lackluster campaign the last time around. I think he's only up to 9 or 10% because of the dynamics, not because of his personality. You have to have some charisma. You have to have some personality. You have to be able to rally the troops. The Libertarian Party has never taught itself how to win elections, and they made a mistake this time because when Rand Paul left the Republican deal, 
They should have gone to him and said, we would like you to run as the Libertarian candidate. If Rand Paul was the Libertarian candidate, he would probably be, he'd probably have 20 or 25 percent in the polls right now. And when it came to the debate and he got on the debate stage, guess what? He would know what Aleppo is. It's now time for this. What the? What the? What the? Seriously, what the? WTF with Autumn Fisher. All right, Autumn Fisher, what the fun and games. Woo! So, uh, Tim Tebow, for some reason, this, this story is in my WTF segment. Well, I thought maybe, you have to understand, Autumn knows nothing about sports. And when I say nothing about sports, that's really underestimating it. It is sub. If, if zero, if you knew zero about sports and there was a chart graph, it would actually go, the EKG would go down. It would be under zero. But she she's, knows she's heard of Tim Tebow, I would surely. think that he's I enough have, of a guy. I have, but I didn't realize why this was in my WTF segment at first. I was like, who, what, why? Oh, so he was a great, he was a great football player. Social mm-hmm. conservatives love him because he's evangelical. Um, but, and, and so everybody's rooting for him, but uh, people who understand NFL put football, such as myself, always knew he wouldn't make it in the NFL. It was just the mechanics of his game. We're not going to translate well. I could tell you why, Jared, you've got your <laughs> funny face. I could bore you and tell you why. When Tim Tebow throws a pass, he does something extra with his wrist that is that no one else does and when and wide receivers have grown up all their lives running routes for people who run who throw a different kind of pass it adds like some kind of quarter nanosecond to things that the teams can never get over so he didn't make it in the NFL John Elway let him go Bill Belichick gave him a chance and let him go I think those are two pretty good f- football minds and then let's not forget me I've been watching football since 1970 so that makes me an expert so uh, he played Played baseball in college as well, and so no, he decided high in high school. So he decided to try to go out for baseball, and I guess he got a contract with the very low—I mean, not even Triple A, right? I mean, correct, it's, yeah, minor it's league in, deal. Yeah, it's in the New York Mets organization. Yeah, and look—I've never rooted against Tim Tebow. He seems like a wonderful person to me. Um, I don't know why he was very good as an analyst. I don't know why he didn't just stay on TV. Uh, I guess he still has this dream, and uh, more power to him. But I haven't—I don't know his baseball game, so I don't know how good he is. He certainly is built, and if he makes contact with the ball, it's, it's going to go about five hundred. If, if he's feet. as good as uh, Michael Jordan was at playing professional oh, baseball, yeah, right. he'll make it to. The- the major league. But here's the thing. Michael Jordan was great as a basketball player. So given the fact that Tim Tebow was not great as a football player, maybe the inverse right. is happens here, and he missed his calling as a baseball it's player. A, it's a very low-risk move for the New York Mets. But remember, too, Tim Tebow has as many NFL playoff wins as Matt Ryan. That's what I, that, that's what I can't understand. Oh, that is a yeah, hokey Yeah, Eric, pokey. and I knew that, too. That yeah. is a, you, know, you did not. That's a hokey pokey kind of stat. What, Listen, I love Matt the Ryan. Variables, the variables are what matter here. And Tim Tebow did win one game, a playoff game, and it was that same defense that dragged Peyton Manning to his final. <laughs> you know, the, this guy, this guy that nobody has heard of, uh, who played in the first Denver game on Thursday, had better stats than Peyton Manning had in the Super Bowl. So this Tim Tebow was the beneficiary of one of the best defenses in the history of the league when he won that one game. And if they would have had uh, you know, a real quarterback, they probably would have gone to the Super Bowl that year or at least to the championship game. But I don't want to down Tim Tebow. My goodness, it's Sunday. I don't want to down Tim Tebow on a Sunday. I wish him the best of luck. And quite honestly, I don't know what his baseball game looks like. I would imagine that this is a no-lose for the New York Mets no. because uh, they're going to be selling out these uh, sort double of double stadiums that he goes to and they'll so they'll make money and people will meet him and it'll be great and we'll see if he can play baseball so the scouts said that they were satisfied with his slightly above average speed less so with a weak outfield arm yeah, well, that's the thing. It's, it's, you got to put together the whole game. But if he can be somebody who crushes the ball mm-hmm. and hits home runs, he'll be all right. My guess is we'll never see him in the major leagues. But look, I was the one who counted out Donald Trump three weeks ago. Right? See, I'm telling you right now, he's going to be great. He's going to hit it over the wall. <laughs> I'll build it. He can hit it over. Well, I thought it was funny this week was Donald Trump said something about uh, Hillary using a hammer to smash her cell phones and how that was a horrible thing and no one should do that. But I remember him leading the charge for Tom Brady's a great guy and we need to let him back in. Didn't Tom Brady do the same thing? Look, 
the difference is Tom Brady is not running for president. I'll okay? give you that. Believe me, he is a good guy. I like him very, very but much. But he did destroy his cell phone after he knew he there was an investigation. I don't know if he did that or not. You can't tell me that he did or didn't. You can't prove it. <laughs> you can't but say whether love- I destroyed my phones or not. Well, Hillary, you just you had 13 devices. You told people that you had one, and now we find out you had 13, and at least well, two listen, of those devices. My, destroy- hold on, hold on one second, young lady. Excuse uh, me. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I am not your young lady. Thank you don't very be much. Sex- don't be sexist. I'm being misogynist. What I'm trying to say is uh, you took a hammer to two of these, and you bleach-bitted the other stuff. I, mean, I didn't on. do a thing. Listen, my assistants <laughs> hand me a phone. How do I know it's not you know a 14th phone? I have no idea. Well, you said you had one. You'd think that a person would I know. I thought it was the same thir- one. I put, it's, just, it's the same screensaver of my beautiful granddaughter. She put them in her basket of deplorables, right, Hillary? That's where they are, right? <laughs> Hillary sounded really strong after that recent, that recent stumble this morning. Well, hey, I, I'm back at it, baby. No problem. Listen, I, I, I felt a little weak. I was yeah. tired, and it was very warm in my wool pantsuit. I, I yeah. misjudged the temperature and how long we'd be. St- you know what happened? I locked my knees. Oh, you know, is that stands- what happened? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you forget to bend your knees, and then the uh, blood can't flow to the brain there, and then you fall a little bit. But I not. I think about eleven forty-five. I walked out of my beautiful daughter's apartment in New York City, and I said, "Hey, I'm doing great." Okay, here's the problem: the guy who's running against you showed up on the same day, dressed in a suit, and he didn't faint. Well, you know, he's got that toop on his head that kind of helps keep the sun <laughs> uh, shade look, away from okay, him. Okay, so. let me tell you something. This is not a toop. This is my actual mm. orange hair. I'm sure that it is. All right. Is I Autumn there? Is mm. Autumn there? Hold on. Let w- me get that, young lady. Excuse I me. I need another WTF story. Sure. So uh, tam- I'm going to change. I'm going to really change my voice now. Tampons yeah, are coming like to... Right. So uh, you can finally, finally, you can get some tampons in the men's room at Brown University. Oh, why? What is this Because, Eric, not every menstruating person is a woman. Now, hold on a second here. See, I grew up in a world where that what you just said was true. Well, welcome Every menstruating to the real person world. was a woman. That's the, that's the world that I grew up in, and I realize things are transitioning so now. So insensitive. So let it me really see here. So gosh, if, Eric, if, gosh, if, so insensitive. Gosh. So, so if this would be a woman transitioning to a man and using the men's room, but still having the woman once a month thing going on, that's right? That's right. Some, yeah, sometimes you want to dress like a dude, but you still yeah. got, you get your menses, you know? Uh, you know, English Nick had said that you, they make for great earplugs. Yeah, so you just take them, shove them in your ears so you don't have to listen to the lunacy of the campus activists. Absolutely. That would be the Von Hessler doctrine on tampons in the men's room at Brown University. <laughs> We're live from Radiotherapy Clinics of Georgia. Come on out, get yourself tested. Make sure you don't have prostate cancer. More WTF when we return. Everyone has an opinion, but he has the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler, entertaining honesty on WSB. That's right. Welcome back. I am Eric Von Hessler. It is true. I am entertainingly honest. Before we move on on WTF, a couple of things I want to clean up. One is I never finished my point on uh, Gary Johnson and the Aleppo oops moment. Uh, basically, where I am right now is I'm going to go in, I'm going to vote down ticket, and I'm going to leave the presidential thing blank, and then I'm going to go get drunk. That's my election day <laughs> plan now is yeah, I right just go IPA. out and get drunk. Yes, it's, 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 uh, I have no one. There's no one for me. There's no one quite good enough for me. Another thing is that uh, while we were off air, my uh, producer here, Jared Yamamoto, uh, told me where Tim Tebow was playing exactly in the New York Mets uh, uh, organization. And what team is that? It would be the Binghamton Mets. So that, that would be uh, their sep- double, that's their double A affiliate. Yeah, yeah okay. This in is somebody. New York. This is somebody who's never been to New York. And by the way, your host has actually done stand-up comedy at the Holiday Inn on the water in Binghamton, New York. Oh no, it's Binghamton right here for you, my friend. I'm going to croon a little bit for you. 
And say me gotta work, 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 work. And say me gotta work, 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 work. Big Hampton, everybody. By, by the way, what's what's doubly funny about that is my le- millennial friend Jared Yamamoto not only didn't know how to say Binghamton properly, he doesn't get that last reference. Who's that again, Bing Hampton? Hello from the other side. It's Bing you don't even Crosby. know what the, you're laughing, but you don't know the you don't know the reference. Well, the work, 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 work reference I knew from a song that's come out recently. It's Millennial that. Teaching Hour. A fellow named Bing Crosby. You know, millennials don't care about anything that happened before the day they were born. They have no idea. Yeah, look him up. He's one of the biggest singing stars in the history of the yeah, world. Yeah, but who cares? <laughs> right. There's here's Melanie, the millennial blogger. Thanks, hey, Melanie. guys. I just want you all, all you old people to know that, like, whatever you guys had or experienced is just, like, gone. So get over it. <laughs> and it's just not relevant anymore. No, it's not. It's just not. What's happening uh, right now? Nothing in the past. It's over. Isn't it possible you could go back and enjoy some of the great Bing Crosby classics? Uh, yeah, like what? I'm dreaming. Oh my god, I love that song. Everything. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> David Bowie comes to the door. That's a great thing. Yes. <laughs> we still don't know where Percival is. No. There's a there's a joke that takes you a long he? time to get. I think he got hit by a car. Uh, All right, do we have time, Autumn, for another WTF? Yes, I think we do. Oh so sure. With it. I say yes. Um, so I know we were all on pins and needles for a Pennsylvania college professor who was on a hunger strike, and uh, <laughs> okay, he, uh, he ended. He, was... he finally ended it after a mere seven days. This guy. First of all, I've never understood the concept of a hunger strike. A hunger strike is like, I'm okay, look, so you're not going to eat until I give you what you want? I'm going to hold my breath until I get my candy. Even when it matters, when it's important, I've never understood the idea of the hunger strike. You you go in there, you you force an intravenous an IV in the person and you you force I mean, it's not difficult. But even if you didn't do that, in the in in a real situation, I don't understand the hunger strike. This idiot was on a hunger strike because he didn't get tenure. Right. Now, this guy thought the entire country was going was going to rally around his cause to be a tenured professor in the middle of some no-name school somewhere. So if you're on a hunger strike, you're an idiot. And if you're on a hunger strike because you didn't get tenure, uh, you're a double idiot. So I, you know, I, I'm not going to eat until you give me what I want. How does that hurt me? I don't understand that. A boycott? You're going to boycott my store? I understand how that's going to hurt me. The fact that you're not going to have a delicious meal until I give you what I want? Guess what? You're not going to get another delicious meal. Also, guess what? It's time for more headlines. We'll do that when we return. All your Christmases News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB Eric Von Hessler on WSB Live from the Radiotherapy Clinics of Georgia on Lawrenceville Highway Hour 2 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler, surrounded by my doctrinaires. We're here until 2. After us, I just saw him over there, trouble on the horizon. Dave Baker will follow us. Uh, from the Home Fix-It Show. Hi, Dave. There he is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He just gave me, apparently he thinks I'm number one. And I think Dave Baker's number one. <laughs> All right, so it's now time for this. More headlines. Yeah, it's very creative. We had headlines when we started. Now we're, 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 we're up in the ante. More headlines. Jared Yamamoto, hit me. At 4 o'clock today, Eric, the Seattle Seahawks will stand for the national anthem with arms interlocked. Now, my understanding here is that they're going to do... They, uh, Pete Carroll, the coach of... I guess this is the way to deal with this because what's going on in the league and Colin Kaepernick and other people joining in. I think Brandon Marshall the other night on Thursday night knelt during the national anthem. So i got to give it to Pete Carroll. I think what he did was he got the team together and said, look, you guys all go in that room for an hour and you talk about this and you decide as a team because we're a unit. And they come out and said, basically, I think the way they're going to stand as much as they can, uh, black, white, black, white, black, white, uh, arms linked uh, to the national anthem, which I think most people will applaud. And from the point of view of there's a patriotism point. 
There's the NFL as a league and that brand and what that means. But there's also a thing about being on a team. You know, it's interesting. This morning I was watching on some 9/11. Uh, actually, it was the it was uh, the it was ESPN, and the Cincinnati Bengals are in New York to play the Jets. And so they went yesterday, I think, to Ground Zero. And Adam Pacman Jones, who's got kind of a a, a, a history, a history. Uh, spoke very eloquently before the game after being there, and uh, you know, in his opinion, he he doesn't believe in what Colin Kaepernick is doing. Other other people do. Uh, when we step away from the whole Colin Kaepernick thing in as an individual, uh, I, I saw a story today where a fifth grader somewhere is uh, refusing to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, and you know, he said, "I'm not going to because America sucks and all this." <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, I really feel like. I thought that this was going to be bigger than I think it really is going to be. I, I feel like this is just a phase, right? This is a phase that we're going through as a country. And I, I think that for the most part, people are going to kind of just get over it pretty quickly. I noticed in myself, the first time I saw that Colin Kaepernick didn't stand, it really got me going. You know, like I really had opinions and I really had stuff to say. And then Thursday night when I saw Brandon Marshall on a knee, it was like, this is the world we live in now, right? I mean, we get so much information, you know, 800 dead in an earthquake somewhere. Uh, something happens over here. So we're so used to being inundated with stories that we tend to only live with them for two or three days. And I'm just admitting right here that seeing Brandon Marshall take a knee didn't affect me the way it, two weeks ago when I found out that Colin Kaepernick, the mind adjust. And look, people have a right. The NFL would outlaw this if they felt that it was something easy that they could do, but they don't. They don't want the backlash from that. And I think it's just going to be a phase. It's going to be a phase that we go through. But I was surprised this morning that Adam Jones, who has had his difficulties, but obviously has matured as a person, was so eloquent about why he's going to stand. He said, I've been all over this country. There's no better country. And he was kind of like glossing it over. And at the end of the interview, the reporter said, so you're against what Colin Kaepernick's doing? And he said, yes, I'm against it. So I think that people come from different points of view, and most people are going to uh, you know, just wait for this to pass. This too shall pass, I think. It's going to be a weird year on this one, but I think that it will... It will pass. And I don't know, uh, I, you know, Colin Kaepernick, I, I don't know what you do as a, as a, as a fan. You know, if you're, if you're a patriotic fan and you've loved the team your whole life and it's in your blood. I mean, I'm still a Bills fan. We haven't gone to the playoffs in this century, and I'm still a Bills fan. I mean, being a fan of a team is so deep inside of you and your family and everything. So there have to be a lot of 49ers fans who are very upset at Colin Kaepernick. What if he enters the third game, has, gets back to his A game, takes them to the playoffs, to a championship game? Maybe how, It's going to be a very conflicted thing. For All fans. is forgiven. <laughs> I think that that will happen, but it's a very conflicting thing, right? If, uh, if, if the guy that you disagree with on something so profound as the country is then taking you to the Super Bowl <laughs> and you've been a fan your whole life, it's going to be a very conflicting thing. Odds are that won't happen because it looks like Colin Kaepernick has basically lost his way. And I agree with a reporter named Jason Whitlock that I like a lot who basically says that he thinks that Colin Kaepernick is mentally done with the NFL. You know, it's one thing to physically come back when you've been down. Down, you have to mentally be into it a lot. And uh, I agree with Jason Whitlock that basically he's just starting chapter two of his life so that it, the byline doesn't say Colin Kaepernick. He was great for a moment, <laughs> and then he went downhill. The, the, his story will be this protest, and he has a right to do it. Nobody's saying he doesn't have a right to do it. When people say he has a right to do it, it's kind of stupid, because I don't hear anybody saying he doesn't have a right to do it, but um, he doesn't seem really all that informed, and when he says, I'll stand when I feel that the country is everything it should be, that makes me feel like, oh, so when we're good enough for you? So when we're good enough that we please you, Colin Kaepernick, then you'll stand. And so I just kind of blow it off, and I think that uh, most players won't do it. Throughout the season, we'll see a few players who do, and uh, that'll be, uh, and then it'll go away. It'll, it'll pass. So next story. North Korea claims to have successfully tested a nuclear warhead that's stronger than those that were used on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan. Could I be politically incorrect here? Go ahead. Why can't we kill this guy? I mean, what is so difficult about getting in there and just basically poisoning the his sanctions, oatmeal? The sanctions are not working. The sanctions aren't working. Nothing's working. You keep hearing the story about, well, China. You would think 
if you were China, you don't want this crazy person with a nuke on your border. But obviously, they still like the fact that he bothers us. But this is, this is going too far. And this isn't Republican or Democrat, because no administration has been able to how to figure out how to deal with this madman. And his father, who was a madman, and his grandfather was a madman. So, but this kid seems like a stupid madman, and we don't really know how to deal with him. But we're getting to a point now where they're testing ballistic missiles. This was a test for a big-time nuke. They're not far from putting those two together, and then... You know, how yeah, long how long before that can get to our allies or then again get to uh the 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 West Coast. What about you know? letting China have those fake islands they just made and we get to take out Kim Jong un. Win win. Oh we can tell about a deal. You want yeah. a deal. That's like Donald Trump's gonna want a deal. I'm gonna make them the best deal they've ever had in their lives. You Trust get the me. islands, you get the islands, you get, get those phony islands, I'll even help you build a hotel on them. I mean, I can't stand Vladimir Putin, but we might want to learn a little bit from him on this one. You know, just start poisoning the oatmeal. Remember mm-hmm. that guy that used to run Ukraine? <laughs> yeah. He was like a really good looking dude. Yeah, and nice all of a sudden he had face. like warts all over his face yeah. because Putin had him poisoned. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like Putin. So, uh, um, but I mean, this don't we have some covert operators who can get in there and get gin up some sort of revolution and I, get this guy out of power? It's He's nuts. Ser- it's serious. I mean, it registered like a 5.0 on the Richter no, scale. A, I mean, this is no joke. It's a big deal. And it also violates Von Hessler doctrine rule number 37, which is if you still have ox carts on your main boulevards, you are not allowed to have nuclear weapons. <laughs> you are not ready for it. So that's the rule right there. And if I were president of the United States, I would put that down just as surely as the Monroe Doctrine. Uh, no, they don't. Door. I mean, come what? on. They have huge, beautiful grocery stores full of yes. food. And, yes. I mean, have you and seen the, the performances? That just speaks to the health of the community yeah, and yeah, the yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you see about North Korea looks like you're watching American television in 1957. Yes. <laughs> it is absurd. That lady who delivers the news, oh. who is she? <laughs> Very pretty. I, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Is Dennis Rodman, is Rodman still there? Uh, yeah, Rodman, I believe, is the Secretary of State. Uh, Okay. Yeah, like he has, a, he has, a, he has an open invitation whenever he wants to come yeah. back. You still like uh, Kim Jong Un? Yeah, Kim Jong Un's a good friend of mine. I like to go there and uh, I like to dunk over him and uh, <laughs> eat peanut butter sandwiches and whatnot. He's a good man. Yeah, he's a great man. I don't know why people don't like him. You don't understand it. I don't understand it. I can't figure it out. Next story. Star Trek turned 50 this week, and Star Wars is still better, guys. Oh, Jared Yamamoto. Oh, Jared. You're so wrong. You're so Jared Yamamoto. They're totally different things. Apples and oranges. They're both awesome. Star Trek is uh, quite often boring, but better. I have to say, sometimes Star Trek (laughs) gets a little boring. It's so it's better sometimes. Well, that's it. Oh, the millennial can't handle the fact he has to wait for the storyline to build, and there has to be an arc. Does anybody have a light? Yeah, can there be a laser fight here? Can we just get going I here? I love character development. I'm not anti-character uh, development. Star Jared Trek. loves the Star Wars Episode One. Yeah. Oh, God, that one's awful. <laughs> Even you can admit. You know what? The the Star Trek, the first Star Trek movie is really kind of boring, but I love it. Misa no like it. Because... <laughs> <laughs> is that Jar Jar Binks? Misa Jar Jar no like Star Trek. I didn't even know that he was still around. All right, you know what? We're going to have uh, more and more headlines when we return, if that makes any sense. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. We are live from the radiotherapy clinics of Georgia on Lawrenceville Highway. The reason we're here is to help you get screened for prostate cancer. It's a beautiful day if you're driving around. Uh, you need to get screened because you get screened for prostate cancer. Hey, Tim Andrews got screened. That's right. It's a simple little process. It doesn't take more than two minutes, and you're in and out. And it's the blood thing, not the other thing. Yeah, so exactly. a lot of people don't know. It's the blood thing, not the other thing. <laughs> you come in, and then they check What's your PSA. The other thing? I, don't, I don't understand. I'm not, well, you know, the other thing is the other thing. We're on a family radio station. <laughs> it's not fun. Everyone knows the other thing. And Jared Yamamoto always has to protest that he doesn't like it because he's at that age where he doesn't want us to think he likes it. No, I had a, I had That's a, a whole different thing. I had a physical this weekend. It was awful. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. You're, you're not going to get over it, I'm sure. Yeah, we get it. We get it. You like girls. Is there a okay, female doctor I Calm can down. have? <laughs> 
All right, we are doing uh, some headlines. So, Jared Yamamoto, who likes girls, by the way, well, why don't you give me some more headlines? <laughs> After 35 years, John Hinckley Jr., the man who shot Ronald Reagan, has been freed from a mental hospital and is living with his mom. Man, this annoys me to no end. I can't tell you how much this annoys me. You take a shot at a president. You hit him. He could have killed Reagan. Uh, he destroyed the life of James Brady, who died early because of the of the wounds. And this guy is able to go home and live with his mom. By the way, his mom is 900 years old. She has no ability to make sure he doesn't stay on the internet. I saw uh, an article. It was either written by um, Reagan's daughter or was uh, an interview with Reagan's daughter. And she said, there's a lot of things you don't even know about. Like They found like he was having correspondence with other serial killers and things like this when he was in jail. There's no... The guy got off in the beginning because he was found not guilty due to insanity. That's why this can happen. I would go back to there and say, you know what? When it comes to taking a shot at the president, whether it's the president that you wanted or you didn't want or anything, it's the president of the United States. You stay in jail for the rest of your life. This is absurd that this guy is being let out. Why? What is the quality of life that anyone in this room cares about with that guy? And, you know, also, but the other thing about the Hinckley thing, it's one thing that I always use against people who love conspiracy theories. I, I believe in no conspiracy theories. I think Oswald killed Kennedy. That's it. Case closed. All shut up. And people say, oh, well, so many weird things. They lost Kennedy's brain, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. If Reagan would have died that day, there would have been so many conspiracy theories because no one would have believed that the president was shot to impress Jodie Foster. But that's exactly what happened. Just because Reagan lived, you don't have all the conspiracy theories, but all these conspiracy theory people would never believe for a second that a president was shot and killed because somebody wanted to impress an actress. There's weirdness that goes on, and it's just one more example for me to say that there's no conspiracy theory I ever believed about anything. Oswald killed Kennedy. Man walked on the moon. Period. End of story. Mic drop. Goodbye. Yes. <laughs> he was caught red-handed. I don't understand how they could justify no, because, him out. No, because he was found not guilty by reason of insanity at the time. He also had really rich parents who were actually big funders, I think donor, donors to the Republican Party. Friends and, with the Bushes. Yeah, he was nuts. He was, oh, there's a little conspiracy. Right. I, I noticed a little conspiracy theory there. So, uh... Conspiracy theories are stupid, and John Hinckley should not be walking. But that's the country that we live in now. If it was a Democrat president, I still think he'd be—I think he'd be in jail. But you know, that's my conspiracy theory. So I'm a hypocrite. All right, when we return, there's all kinds of outrages in this world. English Nick with Outrage Corner on the other side. News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. Eric von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC, and in today's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you'll find a deeper look at the emotional community debate when a place of worship looks to expand. That's why we say if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Welcome back to the Von Hessler Doctrine. We are live from the radiotherapy clinics of Georgia on Lawrenceville Highway. We're here till 5. Dave Baker will be on after me. And, uh, you know, then it's, look, look, you're on your own then because I'm just going to turn it over to him and then you're just, whatever happens, happens because that's my Dave Baker philosophy. It is now time for this. Outrage Corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick. You hear that, English Nick? That means you're up, baby. I heard it, man. Apple launched their iPhone 7 this week, and of course, everybody outraged because they got rid of the headphone jack. Yes. Apple says it took courage to move forward with this decision. <laughs> I was watching. Courage, Eric. I am the kind of person. You're an Apple guy. Who actually watches <laughs> these events when they happen, and Tim Cook is out there explaining. Why we should drop a thousand dollars on a phone that basically looks like the phone you have already? It's um, waterproof. Though. There's a little bit water resistant. I don't uh, know this. <laughs> better, better camera, right? Doing well, on the plus, they have two cameras in there, and I guess what that allows now is an actual zoom ability. Yeah. I think that's just on the plus. But this has been a big deal, Tim Cook. People were going crazy before it happened, and then when you guys announced that you're moving, the, you're removing the headphone jack. Now this is the headphone jack that has. Has basically been around for 100 years. The one that we use is a smaller one. It was a. It was taken. It's turned that way into the 60s. But this, these are the jacks that I think were created for. 
when you watch old movies and you see the telephone exchange thing and the lady is putting the, the one head one yeah. jack in one jack out that's what it was created for it's uh, basically 100 years old and apple says it took courage it took the greatest amount of courage to take out uh, the thing that everybody likes <laughs> and to make something that you have to spend a lot of money on <laughs> to upgrade to actually downgrade. <laughs> so this yeah, is I was the way al- that- I was already upset when they moved it to the bottom of the phone. Yeah, look, you're you're completely out of the loop now. So the question is, yeah, is this going to be another one of those things where in four or five years? Nobody's going to care. These headphone jacks won't be around on anything, and we will have moved on. Because, you know, you have to look back. When they removed the floppy disk, people got upset. When they removed uh, the disk drive off of the laptops, people got upset. We're so but courageous. People moved on. Eric, we're so courageous. We're getting rid of the screen for the iPhone 8. <laughs> <laughs> it's what's just going to be an impenetrable... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is it going to speak to me? How am I going to use it? It's just You're just going to have to go on your intuition. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not raised. You don't get the wireless earbuds with the phone. You still get no, the No, those, no. You get, what they do is they give you this dongle thing. All they do is talk. Look, I, I happen to think that probably in five years no one will care. But right now, they spend all of their time talking about how sleek and beautiful this phone is and why you would want it. And by the way, we're going to add this dongle so yeah. you can use your old headphones that makes it look Ugly as, as, as sin. Clunky. They yeah, use the lightning port on the bottom, right? Yeah, well, just the lightning port so you'd have a dongle. If you use the AirPods, which, by the way, look like strands of spaghetti are hanging out of your ear. I don't know, I don't know how many people want to walk around with this. My understanding is the technology there is pretty cool. But uh, what they're doing is they're giving you the old, the, the old headphones with a dongle, right? Yeah, to go into the to power To go into plug. the power. Yeah. Now, here's the problem. You can't... Uh, if you're using that power plug for your headphones, you can't use it for power. You can't charge it. So what that means is you're going to have to go buy something that you can charge and listen to at the same time. I'm already so annoying. look, they make all the money. I had a, a, a debate that got rather heated with my 18-year-old about this because he has an awful lot of opinions. He thinks it's the worst thing in the world. I say we have to wait. and Look, it's the most successful company in the history of the world. They've got a little bit of a track record. They have something like $250 billion in cash, which I think is more than the state of California does and many nations. So they may be onto something, or it may be that uh, we want to use these headphones. The one downside that could be coming, the, Apple says it won't happen, but the thing about that old headphone jack is it's analog. You can't put protections on there. You can't put digital file protection. You can't block things. You, it's analog. You listen to everything. The problem with it coming out of the digital end is if they do pass some sort of uh, digital music restricting thing, Mm -hmm. it would be able to stop you from hearing music that it decided was illegal for you to hear in that medium. Apple says they're not going to do that, but if you've ever dealt with uh, what was the uh, the plug-in on the on the TV? I forget the, the Apple, HDMI. HDMI uh, that will block signals that, for one reason or another, you're not considered to be able to watch oh, wow. on on that thing. Whereas the old red, yellow uh, was it green? RCA cords? The RCA cords didn't. So this is kind of like an RCA cord. Apple says they're not going to do that, but who knows what will happen in the future. All I know is my iPhone is fine, and I wasn't going to buy a new one anyway, so who cares? Considering the competitions, uh, the the new Samsung Galaxy is exploding. I mean, you really don't have much of a choice. Yeah, that's good good for Apple. (laughs) These people are getting upset about the headphones. The Samsung, is it the 7 Note? Yeah, the 7 Note is exploding. Three weeks of reviews through the roof. This is the greatest thing that's ever (laughs) happened to smartphones, and then they started exploding on people and now they've had to recall two million of them well, you can't take them on a phone on a plane uh, plane right now. you can't yeah. turn them on them get, because they because they explode so and then uh samsung sam will give you your money back it'll be three weeks before you get your new phone in those three weeks an awful lot of people might just go buy the new iphone and also maybe the headphone thing is not a good thing maybe it's something to be slightly perturbed about but all the hyperbole i've heard about it uh you know what you could live in afghanistan okay there are real problems in this world <laughs> i was thinking about this the other day i just cannot get as upset as other people do about things in their life or how their day is going you watch the news and there's like a reporter on the ground in afghanistan it's it's a report about our troops or whatever but i'm looking in the background at that city and this is the big city right this is the big city and i'm thinking oh my god people have to live in that hellhole i don't live in that hellhole 
I look at that and I honestly say, I can't tell you I'm having a bad day in America. I, I can't. just can't. People live and die their whole lives living in that hellhole. I can't believe my transistor radio only gets one earphone. <laughs> I know, right? And it's like my phone screen is all cracked and it makes it really hard to take selfies for Instagram. Melody, the millennial blogger, she's upset. Yeah, hey guys, so I just want to let you know that, like, I have a lot of trouble with things, too, and it's not just, like, people in, like, Syria or whatever. Okay, so you have days that are just as bad as people in Syria and Afghanistan, is what you're saying. Or whatever. Yeah, like, this this place that I used to go get my manicures done at, and it's, like, it's closing. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty bad. We have the Afghani millennial here. He, he's got some troubles, too. Yeah, man. You know, the other day I went to get the beard trim, and they didn't even have beard oil. <laughs> so oh, my God. That sounds so annoying. Things are, in fact, tough all over. Give me another story. All right. So Dragon Con was last week, downtown Atlanta. Big event for four days. My son went to three of the days. People dress up in all the great costumes. Hold on, Jerry. Did you go? I did. I went on Saturday night. Saturday night. But I just went and people watched. It I didn't like fun, attend the it? actual event. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. so much fun. Did you, Jerry, did you dress up? I did not dress oh. up, but I people watched, and it was really... They've That's his it. way of saying I'm not a nerd. You listen, he has codes for everything. <laughs> I got a physical... Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. It was. I really like women. Uh, I went to Dragon Con, but I didn't do... I just people watched. But I wasn't I really a part Star Wars of it. I'm not a nerd. Show today. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right, well, a couple of attendees upset a lot of people because they were dressed as the Twin Towers with fake flames coming out of the top of the costumes. Young really, kids, really young, bad kids. Taste. young uh, kids. Yeah, youngish, yeah. You know what? Um, it turns out they weren't even supposed to be there. I think they'd exactly. stolen some badges. Oh, okay. So they, yeah. they're, they're agitators. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I got to... It's in horrible taste, especially as close to... Bad timing. This bad bad timing. Well, just horrible taste, but... You know what? Young people are quite often stupid, and every once in a while you have to give them a little bit of a break. I was thinking about this. When I first started doing radio, I used to, it used to thrill me to say the thing that nobody wanted to hear. You know what I mean? I, really, I got a thrill. When we were on radio in Los Angeles, I just loved the idea that I was going to say something that was going to upset people. And young people, uh, they don't believe that they're ever going to die. So it makes it very easy for them to make jokes about death and it makes them feel in a weird way more alive. I think you have to give uh, a little bit of a pass to the young for not knowing what the hell's going on in the world. And I, I, I can never imagine doing something this outrageous, but when I was... When I was in my 20s and early 30s, I said some pretty outrageous things on the air and it was more about getting off on seeing you get shocked by it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And that's just a period of, of life that people go through. But uh, it's, yeah, it's outrageous. But, you know, how many people were at Dragon Con? A million? 77,000. 77,000 people. Yet two jerks show up. I don't think it really colors Dragon Con. No. Yeah, so, I'm, you know, that's my... I hope people don't... Oh, was he making giving them a pass? I'm just saying, when you're young, you don't believe you're ever going to die. That's the truth. You don't believe you're ever going to get old. It happens to other people. I remember when I was young, I thought older people were another species. <laughs> like, it was just, they obviously were born that way, when and hell, I'm young. You know, you know? When, you, when you're 20 years old, 40 seems like it's yeah. a millennial. Like, you know way. it's out there, but in your brain, you think, eh, it's so far away, it's as if it will never happen. Well, isn't it something and about your frontal cortex or something in your brain that hasn't that fully developed? That is true. You know what? Yeah. That's really true. There's some, uh, you, until you're 25 years old, I don't know how old these people were, mm-hmm. apparently until you're 25 years old, that part of the brain that understands the consequences of your actions is not fully developed. And that's why people jump off cliffs when they're 21 and you know, just, you know, <laughs> do all of this sort of stuff that the rest of us think about. So uh, I'm not giving them a pass. I'm just saying 77,000 people went to Dragon Con. Yeah, Two of them did. were jerks and they were young idiots. They don't get out much either, so that's probably what it was. Oh, it's the first time. I'm out. not a nerd. Jared's not a nerd. Jared says, I'm not a nerd. I was just people watching. <laughs> All right, we will uh, continue a little more of this nonsense when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. Hi, I'm Eric Von Hessler. So sorry, I was shaking hands with two very good fans who love the show. Before we go, I want to point out that a couple of things about Bruce Springsteen I saw this, this week that kind of floored me. One is, 
Uh, he's 66, which I guess I should have known that, but I didn't. I just don't think of Bruce being that close to 70. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> he's putting out a memoir, and so there's stories out there. And I want to get to this one about him being depressed. But uh, first, Jerry Yamamoto had a piece of Springsteen news for me. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen uh, has once again broken the record for longest U.S. show at four hours and four minutes in Philadelphia earlier this week. Four hours and four minutes. Why are you, doing, why are you going so long? Man, you know, I get uh, I work 80 hours. A week at the steel mill, and then uh, <laughs> I just get out there and I got so much energy, man. You still work in the factory? I work every day, man. And then you, when you're done, when the whistle blows, you go out on tour. <laughs> Gotta wait for that whistle to blow. <laughs> and then you. So, this is my thing is I saw Bruce Springsteen in 1980 the first time. I was 16. At 16, a four hour show was awesome. At 52, and I'm one of the younger fans. <laughs> I, by the time I saw him, you know, most of the fans were 25, 26, 27 years old. I don't know that the 66-year-old set really can handle a four-hour show. I think I think now for them, it's a little exhausting. I'm going to do two hours of Tom Jode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in his memoir, he says that uh, he's been battling depression. I guess most of his life, yeah. but especially after he hit his 60s, between 60 and 62, uh, and then again between 63 and 64, and he takes, uh, he, I guess he takes pills, medication. Why are you so depressed, Bruce? You're, you're a billionaire. Yeah. I've been sad ever since Clarence left, man. He and I were lovers. I didn't know that. What? <laughs> There's a little news. Wow, this memoir is going to check it out. You and Clarence <laughs> Clemens were actually lovers. I did not know that. We had glory days, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, the thing is, though, to be serious for a moment, it, it, it does show, tell you about uh, depression. You just don't know. Just because somebody's famous and rich and... Well, entertainers have to get on the show and turn up. They turn on every night. They yeah. carry that stuff, man. All right. I wanted you, you need to download the WSB Radio app because we do three podcasts a week that are available on there. This show ends up on there within 24 hours. We're doing another live experience on September 30th from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Go to the WSB Radio app if you want to be part of the live audience. And of course, we're on usually Sundays from noon to 3, but today we turn it over to Dave Baker because WSB continuing out here at the Georgia I'm sorry, and I'm messing up right at the very end. I had all the Georgia Radiotherapy Clinics of Georgia. Come get tested for prostate cancer. Dave Baker's up next. Have a great weekend, or the rest of the weekend, or until tomorrow. You know what I'm saying. I'm terrible at closing shows. Goodbye. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB.